I'm Jasmine. And I'm Erica. And this is Church Days, a call and response to Christianity and the culture. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Church Days. I'm Melina. I'm Jasmine. And I'm parched. I haven't hydrated enough today. <laughs> I know. As I sat down, like I oh I my gosh, no Erica. <laughs> Y'all do it with Kevin. I know. I was like, I don't know what she's gonna say. <laughs> but it's parched. <sighs> we can't have that. Hydration <laughs> is the key to life. Yeah, I need to do better about my drinking water. I would like for you to do better about you know what water. I found helps, Erica. This has helped me. So I pour, right now I'm drinking out of the bottle, but I pour it into a cup with a straw. And for some mm-hmm. reason, I drink all my water. I drink 60 ounces by doing that. But when it's in a bottle, I won't do it. That's fair. So try drinking out of a straw. My coworker said that um, that helps her too. Like when, so anything that she drinks out of, it has to have a straw and she just takes like a lot of sips during the day, I guess. So mm-hmm. Try it. I will. I'll do that. Well, try it out. Try it out. Yeah, so it won't be parched. Yeah, parched is one of those fun words that I enjoy. You know, throwing out because I could have easily just said thirsty, but <laughs> parched just has <laughs> such a great ring to it. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of descriptor. words, yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking mm-hmm. of words, we're going to be talking about words today. Word, words mean things, you guys. No shout way. Out to, to, <laughs> shout out to Crystal from the Read, who kind of coined that that phrase. Words mean things. Oh, um, I was gonna say, uh, where'd that come from? But yeah, yes, okay. Yeah, I enjoy that quote. I enjoy that podcast. So we are going to be talking about a word that we've brought up a few times on this podcast that maybe folks don't know what it means. And to be honest. Do we even know what it means? <laughs> Probably not. And that is the word evangelical or evangelicalism. I know for me, um, I when I talk about the way I was brought up, I say that I was brought up in an evangelical church. Um, and now when I hear that word, I kind of cringe for various reasons. <laughs> so starting off, what... What is your understanding of what an evangelical is or what evangelicalism is? So my thought has always been, well, has been um, more very conservative Christian values um, that tend to, so very like based strictly on the word of God have a lot of like, or biblical, like very like strictly biblical. And, um, but often that spills over to political and cultural realm where mm-hmm. their ideals are more um, conservative politically. Um, and that can go socially as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. What about you, Melina? I um I think I got confused. I confused evangelical with um like the churches today and how like a lot of them like have this prosperity gospel. Mm. Um so I was confusing both of them, but I don't think that they're the same. So I think yeah, like I think 
evangelical, like very like biblical, like word for word, black or black and white. Um, and like, for some reason, when I think of evangelicals, I think of people who like focus on like just the gospels. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong. I have no idea. Honestly, this is all assumptions. Mm-hmm. So. All assumptions. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think too, like my mind goes to often, like it just usually I think of right wing Republican Mm-hmm. that has a cross on their front yard yeah and also yeah. very like what melina said like black and white i think one of the things that comes to mind at hardcore for me is just very um if you're not in my box then you are against me yeah mm-hmm. like you're either with us or against us mm-hmm. and if you are yeah you're like you know a sinner satan mm-hmm. an enemy yeah um that needs to be fought and taken down in the name of jesus yeah even though I just, you know, forgot yeah. to hold the door for you, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is all good. This is all good. So what you're you're getting at, and we're gonna we're gonna take a brief grammar lesson, is denotation versus connotation. So the literal meaning of the word, which is denotation, versus connotation which is the feeling or implied subtext that the word invokes so um, pulling a quote from an Atlantic article that I came across for this article says words are more than their etymologies and dictionary definitions they carry connotations with them too which change over time and across geographies as they are used in different ways and settings so the word evangelical has definitely changed a lot over time Um, So we look at Britannica, good old Encyclopedia Britannica. Um, If you look up the evangelical church, it defines it as any of the classical Protestant churches or their offshoots, but especially in the late 20th century, churches that stress the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, personal conversion experiences, scripture as the sole basis for faith, and active evangelism, which is the winning of personal commitments to Christ. So that's kind of the kind of box of evangelical churches. Um, But the word evangelical comes from the Greek euangelion and Latin evangelium, which means good news, which I think we know evolved into gospel. So evangelical means good news or the gospel. So, and I can get down with that. Me that, too. Yeah. I'm I all with the gospel. Yeah. I'm Go all JC. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all on board for the good <laughs> news, for the gospel, for the denotation. Um, and but spreading yeah. it around. We like that. Yeah. That's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, so kind of taking it back. So the word really came from the Protestant Reformation, the Great Awakening out of like Hootem people, John Wesley, John Edwards, George Whitfield, those guys who kind of started um, the Protestant Reformation. And by the early 1800s, it was the dominant expression of Christianity in the United States. So at that point, there was the kind of Protestant evangelicals. Well, evangelical hadn't been used as a term to, as a category just yet. So it was more the Protestants. And then there was like a a split in the Protestant. And there's actually a really, really good video that we'll share. Um, Phil Vischer, the VeggieTales guy. I That was who that was? Yeah. I don't know that was him. Yes. 
Yes, interesting. That's a good video. <laughs> I will watch Veggie Tales to this day. Not not new Veggie Tales. Like, there's a whole interesting. This is a minor tangent. There's a whole interesting <laughs> story how, like, Veggie Tales basically like, got taken away from him, and it got real bad after he wasn't a part of it. But oh, yeah. but yeah, okay. new Veggie Tales is kind of whack. Um, but <laughs> OG Veggie Tales. Oh, I'm I'm still about it. The hairbrush song. Uh, uh the Never cheeseburger song. Oh my gosh, bops. <laughs> the cheeseburger song Girl. yeah we can we can talk about that later oh, we have to have a veggie tales day beyonce day veggie tales day <laughs> but now so he has a podcast now called the holy post um and he also does youtube videos so he did a really great youtube video about the history of evangelicalism um, which i encourage everybody to watch um but basically there were there was kind of a division in the protestants where because also at the time you know discoveries were being made in science and all of that so there was a group that was more kind of modernist and wanted to incorporate science and were, were even saying like you know miracles don't exist so they were like discounting some of like the foundational um truths of what people believed about the bible and then more like the fundamentalists so there was like a break in those two and then like people who are kind of in the middle like mm, we want to hold on to like you know the importance of scripture but we also think that we as christians shouldn't be like separate from the world and science isn't bad and we want to embrace intellectualism so that kind of middle group became evangelicals and so popular evangelical people and things that you may have heard about so billy graham so billy graham was probably like the first like big evangelical spokesperson um or roberts so he started or roberts university carl f henry started fuller theological seminary which was like the first evangelical ministerial training school christianity today was the first evangelical publication wheaton college is known as the evangelical liberal arts college so they basically once it started to get popular there were lots of like institutions that were created. Um, there are organizations, National Association of Evangelicals and the World Evangelical Fellowship, um, and then kind of more campus-based organizations. If I don't know if you had these on your campus, the InterVarsity Christian Fellowship or Campus mm -hmm. Crusades for Christ. Those are like, mm -hmm. came out of the evangelical movement. I and, know that, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, and then TBN, the trinity broadcast network that's like the big <laughs> no that's what that stands for yeah no i was like i did not know what stood for that i yeah. know nothing okay yeah so those are some pretty well-known um evangelical people and things so the challenge today with the word evangelical is that like when it pops up in the media you really don't know what it's talking about because it could be talking about a lot of things so mm. mega churches of course it's talked about a lot in like voting and like the polls and because there's like so much confusion it's hard for people to really know what evangelical means today so um it's used as a sociolo sociological term it can be used as a denomination or a theological term um and if we talk about politics it's kind of like you said jasmine it's synonymous for a white christian republican mm -hmm. so it's difficult because it means all these things it kind of means nothing when mm. it originally meant something which is that's really strange fair. i mean that's kind of i feel like what society is now a lot of things are washed 
the water down Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. lack a lot of the initial uh, intent. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of all over the place. Yeah. Can it be can can it be considered a a denomination? Yes and no. So I think people like consider certain denominations evangelical denominations. So most like Protestant denominations, like people use Protestant and evangelical interchangeably, although that's not super right either. And I'll talk about that a little bit. So again, it's like really ambiguous. There isn't like a a heart, like this is definitely evangelical and this is definitely not. It's very ambiguous and complicated. Okay. Yeah. Um, But the most widely accepted definition of evangelical was created by David Bebbington in 1989. So they call it the Bebbington quadrilateral. Like, wow, super fancy. People really be (laughs) researching these things. Right. And like, let's come up with a fancy name. Quadrilateral. Forget rectangle or square, because that also has four sides. We need a quadrilateral. Four sides. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they say quadrilateral because it identifies evangelicals as Christians who share four main qualities. So first is biblicism or a high regard for the bible so evangelicals believe that the bible is inerrant and then second is crucicentrism which is a focus on Jesus's crucifixion and its saving effects. So the belief that the only way to salvation is through belief in Jesus Christ. Then third is conversionism, a belief that humans need to be converted. So you have to accept salvation for yourselves like you personally you have to accept salvation and then activism the belief that faith should influence one's public life so the need to proselytize or spread the gospel to go out and tell tell people and convert people so those are (laughs) those are are the four main qualities um, that David Bebbington said that evangelicals share how do y'all feel about these? I have a lot of feelings. Share. Would you like to share with us? So the one that stood out to me was the last one, the activism. And um, it's funny because like you see a lot of this on like campuses outside. I think when we went to New Orleans, we saw it in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. In the middle of the crowd. But it's funny because my mom, like in, in what she believes, activism is actually a sign of the devil. Like when she, she thinks that that's like false prophets and like people who are like preaching outside in the street and like um, yelling with a microphone at people walking by, like she, she actually thinks that that's like the sign of end days. I've heard her say that before. So it's just interesting to see that, like, that's, um, you know, one of their um, evangelical ways, I guess, Mm -hmm. like, so that just funny to me. I don't believe that. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to think of that. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's bothersome sometimes when someone's yelling at you, I don't think that that's the way to like convince somebody to, or not even convince, that sounds bad. Like to draw near, you know, to Christ. I don't know if that does the the job per se, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah. Yeah. I feel similar, like more than anything, like you're not gonna get my attention for nothing yelling at me like that. 
So no. <laughs> I just think the the delivery is just like terrible. And at least the the times that I've seen it, it's always like hail, fire and brimstone. Like that's just not going to, to do it. And I think that when we talked about this before, kind of like the fear tactics that a lot of Christians try to like spread on people in different ways. And like, is that really a true conversion? If like the only reason why you're accepting Jesus is because you're scared of hell. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what I find interesting about this is I think you'll probably get into this later, Erica, but the, the whole, the activism part is where, I mean, as we all know, I was raised Catholic and that was not really um, pushed, like, you know, going out and bringing, inviting people to church or talking about God in the public sphere was not really uh, pushed when, or, or emphasized, I should say, when growing up. But in the last church I was in, that was very big, like Mm -hmm. going out and inviting people to church and bringing people in and having more people at least have the experience to have, um, an encounter with, with God. And, you know, at least planting a seed to potentially, hopefully one day they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior. That was very new to me and very foreign. Uh, but stepping away and kind of taking this, this time to, just reevaluate my relationship with God and where I feel like he wants me to go. I have a difficulty with, with that aspect of, of the whole thing. But with that being said, I would consider that church much more modern Mm -hmm. or like mainstream than evangelical. And so reading, so reading these four things, these four foundational quadrilateral geometry (laughs) situations I literally thought of my church yeah and I'm like I don't think I didn't think I was a part of an evangelical space Mm -hmm. but maybe I didn't think I was I didn't I didn't think I didn't I'm with you Jasmine I didn't think that either I mean, the but it could activism. be package printed. It could be yeah. packed, packaged yeah. pretty, you know, packaged was, in a in a way and a gift we were, we that were the modern kids, yeah, that the modern kids are like, this works for me. I can, you know, look swaggy and mm-hmm. talk. I mean, and I think that's what a lot of modern day Christianity is. Sorry, it's a little tangent, but a lot of modern day Christianity is anyway. It's like I'm appealing to the masses by looking culturally relevant, mm-hmm. but still, and you have to in some way, shape or form, meet people where they are. And if that's appealing to them culturally, fine. But um, I don't know. I just was very, it just very surprised. It surprised me. And I just, Erica apparently knew. (laughs) Because I I grew up in evangelical spaces. So I know, granted, it's it's very different because the the evangelical church I grew up in was predominantly black. So there are, because culturally there are some differences there, but yeah. I know the brand <laughs> and I know <laughs> most mega churches, I would say are evangelical churches in America. Wow. Yeah. I didn't think that they did conversionism, conversion, conversionism. I think that's a big stay. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest point. Yeah. Getting people mm-hmm. to getting people to accept Christ. That is like yes. all that's their whole point. Yeah. I 
it's about that one that that experience that one experience you yeah. have with jesus to make sure that you are you know you is, are it, saved. is it is it salvation or conversion like i guess you are converting yeah i'm thinking i guess w- when i thought about that i was thinking about someone converting from a different faith mm-hmm. like th- that's what my where my brain went and that's why i was like i, I didn't really see people you know become christians from you know catholicism well that's the same thing but like um they some people don't think so yeah like (laughs) i was jewish and now i'm christian like that's what that's where i mean i'm sure some of that happened but i guess like in evangelical spaces if you're not christian then it is a conversion because you are converting to being christian you're just Mm -hmm. going from not christian to being christian is a conversion got it we were bamboozled y'all yeah i mean but even like I don't know if I would use the word bamboozle I think the one thing that made me like "Mm." so I I have no issue with like inviting people to church I think that's cool like if they're not already going like how as long as you're not like pushy I think it was that like Mm -hmm. asking people over and over and over and over you know I think that's borderline harassment um (laughs) And then also I felt it was like, in some ways, like quantified. Like I remember being in a space where like I was volunteering and like our team was supposed to like put like these little things on like doors or cars and stuff like that. And they were like tracking to see which ones of us are doing it. And if we didn't do enough, they were like, well, we need you to do more. I think that was the thing that made me uncomfortable. Like the the tracking and the quantification, the overt, overly quantification of doing mm-hmm. that. Like if I'm going to do it, just let me do it. Let it happen right. organically. Because I def- I definitely have, you know, invited folks to church, but when it's like organic. Yeah. But when it's like being like forced or kind of coerced, for me to do it I don't like that I don't like that either I also feel like you know some people that we all have gifts Mm -hmm. and some people's gifts are literally that yeah going out and bring bringing people into the church that is literally the gift that they have and it's like I would rather be pumped up in a way to be able to show my gifts that I have been given and then be able to show that into the world. And that will help people bring, bring people to Christ. Like mm-hmm. my, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think it has to necessarily be like, come to church with me for someone to, to want to be drawn and right. want to understand like, why are you so, you know, calm right now, even though the world's going crazy, why are you so caring, even though you don't have to be, why are you so patient? And that's where the opportunity where we get to say, Jesus, listen, if I I gave, I gave up, listen, the the, today at work, I said, I was like, Lord, like I was just singing, (laughs) praise and worship songs. And I kept saying, Lord, you gotta be here. Lord, you gotta be here. Cause it was nuts. And, um, (laughs) and it's like that, that's why. That is why I'm not mm-hmm. flipping tables and uh, <laughs> knocking sheets off, <laughs> knocking papers off the desk. It's because I'm like, I'm calling down my Lord. And so when people see that, they're like, wow, you're so calm right now. Not always, <laughs> not most <laughs> of the time. But it's like, that's, you hear me calling on my Lord. That's why he's here. You better thank him and you better talk to him too. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was a tangent and we're that's done. That's, that's all, that's all, um, it's on brand. It's fine. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so I brought up 
that sometimes evangelicals and Protestants are used interchangeably, but that's not necessarily always should be the case. So, and then before talking about the branch of mainline Protestants and there was the fundamentalists and then the evangelicals were like in the middle. So um, there's a PBS article that talked about the main, the differences between evangelicals and mainline Protestants, which I thought was really interesting. So, and it kind of like parallels like the four points that we just talked about for evangelicals. So first, mainline Protestants have a more modernist theology. So they read the Bible, but not as the inerrant word of God, but it is a historical document which has God's word in it and a lot of other important truths, but it needs to be interpreted in every age by individuals of that time and that place. So being read in context, but also doing some you know, analysis and interpretation um, for the current time. Um, and then second, mainline Protestants tend to also believe that Jesus is the way to salvation, but there are many main mainline Protestants that would believe that perhaps there are other ways to salvation and people in other religious traditions outside of Christianity may have access to God's grace and salvation as well. And third, they are less concerned with personal conversion, um, but they do talk about spiritual transformation. So they'll also they often discuss a spiritual journey from youth to old age, leading on to eternity. So there's like a more to total sense of transformation, and not like the emphasis on like that one moment where one's life dramatically changes. And then lastly, they are somewhat less concerned with proselytizing which is basically spreading gospel going out and like converting people and bringing people to church um it's something they believe in they believe in sharing their beliefs with others but not for the purposes of conversion necessarily the ideas of spreading the word in the mainline tradition is much broader than simply preaching the good news it also involves economic development personal assistance charity and lots of other active type things so yeah. thoughts about these differences um a mainline yeah i feel like i'm somewhere <laughs> in in the between there i think there are some points that i definitely lean more mainline mm -hmm. and then some i'm like i feel like i'm like a happy medium somewhere in the midst fair what you think melina i'm kind of thinking like you know like i feel like there's stages to like your faith and your belief system and so like, I, I don't know if I feel like they incorporate that, like you're you either in or you out. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, where's the progression into believing something like we're all on a different, I, I believe we're all on a different spiritual walk. Um, we're at different stages in our life. So with, 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 you know, our relationship with Christ and stuff, is that acceptable with ev evangelicals or is it not? Um, I think. Like, yeah, I think that's yeah. a hard question to, to answer. I mean, it seems like at least in the main life Protestants, like I like how, how it described like the spiritual transformation, like not just like this one moment of conversion, because I do think evangelical spaces is like, yes, there's this one moment you accept Jesus and in the exact moment your life is changed, their life has changed forever. And I think it kind of goes back to like one of a couple of like our very first episodes when we talk about I'm saved, now what? When it's mm -hmm. like people frame it that way, but then when mm -hmm. you don't feel different and you're not like immediately changing the outside, like you feel like terrible. Yeah. So yeah, I think there needs to be like more yeah. conversation that there's like 
it is a journey and there's stages and like, sure, there's a moment where you accept Jesus, but it's not, you know, angels come down from the sky and you not necessarily a warm and tingly <laughs> feeling. It's, it's not, doesn't have to be all that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely not with the like kind of other ways to salvation. Mm-hmm. I do believe that other people who believe whatever God they believe, want to believe in do have a, can still be, you know, acknowledge Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior eventually. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has to be like a hard line out, but the Bible is pretty clear about the way that you, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I don't say achieve salvation or, you know, but have that moment of salvation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think there's like other ways in that right. aspect. Yeah. I'd be interested to hear like folks who do believe that and kind of, you know, just kind of hear that perspective. Cause yeah, I think I'm with you, Jasmine. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool. That's what you believe. Cool. But yeah, that's interesting. So how many Americans are evangelicals? Just like everything else, it's confusing and complicated <laughs> and ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> so I gathered some some numbers <laughs> from a couple of different sources. So from the Atlantic, depending on how you define the term, evangelical is comprised between 7% and 47% of the American population. So, so nobody or, ever, or most people. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's so, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Right? Okay. Um, so the Pew Research Center, and this was, I think, in 2015, around 35% of American adults, which is roughly half of all Christians, considered themselves evangelical or born again. And then if you cut that pool of evangelicals to white, non-Hispanic evangelical Protestants only, they account for nine, 19% of Americans. So, and that's some 2015 data. And I think this is also the Pew study. So in addition to asking people to self-identify, sometimes they use a denominational system. So dividing line between evangelical Protestants like Southern Baptists and mainline Protestants like Methodists. And then historically black Protestant churches are in a separate category. So there's lots of like parsing out things. Um, Mm -hmm. So based on that definition, they got 25% of Americans being evangelical. Um, 72% of Black Protestant churchgoers identify as evangelical or born again. So we got to pull out completely separate stats for the Black church folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a group, the Barna Group is a research forum that specializes in religious issues. They uses what they consider the toughest definition of evangelicalism out there. So there's a, um, a series of nine questions. So let me see if I can pull up what the nine questions are. Oh, I don't know what they are. <laughs> so, so from their site, so born again Christians are defined as people who said they have made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ that is still important in their life today. So that's one. And who also indicated that they believe that when they die, they will go to heaven that because they had confessed their sins and had accepted Jesus Christ as their savior. So that's those two, and then plus seven other things. So believing that they have a personal responsibility to share their religious beliefs about Christ with non-Christians, believing that Satan exists, 
believing that eternal salvation is possible only through grace, not works, believing that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life on earth, asserting that the Bible is accurate in all that it teaches, and describing God as the all-knowing, all-powerful, perfect deity who created the universe and still rules it today. So those were the nine criteria that this study used. And with that, only 6% of Amer Americans are evangelical. So that's the kind of most narrow definition. So all of that is like 2015 data. Then in 2020, there was a Gallup poll where 34% of American respondents described themselves as evangelical and about one in four American evangelicals is non-white. So these numbers are all over the place. Mm -hmm. They are, but I know we're getting this later probably, but I think what a big thing that I've, in these numbers was the 72% of Black Protestants that identify as evangelical or born again. And um, that just to me just certify or reiterates hopefully to the, the masses that Black America is not a monolith. Mm -hmm. And uh, our, our religious views can be also seen to affect our uh, political voting statuses. Yes. In this way as well. So, yes. I, yes. So, I mean, while, while, while I might be struggling, whatever, you tell me that I need all these programs to help me out, I still believe in Jesus. And these are the things, you know, I'm still, what, and this, because of that, these are the things that I'm voting for. So, that's a side yeah. Yeah, and that's actually a good segue to the intersection of evangelicalism and politics, because that. that's really where a lot of the, the discourse, at least today, is around. Um, mm -hmm. But you can kind of trace it back to the 1976 election when evangelicalism went mainstream, because that's when Jimmy Carter won the Democratic primary and then peanut the general man. election. Yes, <laughs> peanut farmer, Jimmy Carter. Um, Mr. Carter. So he was actually the first U.S. president to call himself a born-again evangelical Christian. And so after that, all of the peoples wanted to know, what is evangelical? What does this mean? How many are there? Um, and Newsweek actually ran a cover story declaring 1976 the year of the evangelical. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of when politics got a hold of evangelicalism. Um, and then like further in the, the Phil Vischer video, it talked about this is kind of when um, evangelicals and fundamentalists kind of merged over political interests um, because they realized like, oh, we can leverage this to get people in office that will do what we want us to do. Um, so like the, the Reagan election is a big example of that and like the influence of um, Christian politicians, pastors, so, influencers. <laughs> does the media affect who? Like, I feel like that's a big uh, stance right now for the more conservative sect is about how mainstream media is contorting facts and what have you, but mainstream media made your constituents. I mean, yes. And I, I think this is why 
it's important to study history and study history accurately Mm -hmm. because like nobody talks about this connection. I mean, this is all, I mean, if we think back, we can connect this back to our episode about schools. This is all around the same time that these things are kind of coming together. Mm -hmm. So Yes, the media definitely had a a big influence. Like after, you know, the term evangelical went mainstream, the more Mm -hmm. fundamentalists, so this is like the Bob Jones, like the Jerry Falwell, they kind of hopped on the bandwagon and was like, okay, now all of us are evangelicals. Um, Some of the more kind of modernists got kind of lumped in. So they made the parallel in the video that before like Bob Jones University was considered fundamentalist we in college was considered evangelical now both of them are pretty much considered evangelical this Bob is- Jones ain't ish okay <laughs> Bob Jones now that I know who he is and what he does Crash. and what he talked about and little baby Bob Jones and all that whole situation can Mess. go go do something that is not nice and I should not say I mean, it's not this place. You got to watch the video. If you don't know these things, like this is is why history is important. They're wiggity black and they can all shove it. (laughs) (laughs) But we know how Jasmine feels. (laughs) In the name of the Lord. But yeah, this is how kind of it became popularized in in the media. um, And you know, this was also around the time of like Roe v. Wade and all of that stuff. So all of these things came together. So um, the evangelicals and fundamentalists kind of merged-ish to create this like larger like political identity of being an evangelical. So it kind of lost its, because it started out, of course, as a theological term, like the good news of Jesus. And now it's become less and less of that and is now, for the most part, kind of a, a euphemism for folks with conservative views who are views. white. <laughs> <laughs> so... Then, so there was another um, podcast episode of the Holy Post podcast that I actually listened to earlier today. And part of it was with um, a guy named David French, who's a a Christian author and writer. um, And he wrote an article called, Did Donald Trump Make the Church Great Again? Um, And (laughs) it was referenced in that podcast where they were talking about different buckets of evangelical so I was like huh let me read this article and see what he has to say it was really interesting um what he was saying in the the podcast so he said so between 2016 to 2020 so remember that time um Mm. white (laughs) white evangelicalism okay White evangelicalism grew and it likely grew because of Donald Trump. So on Wednesday, so this is, this article was released like this week and this week we're in, we're recording this in September. Um, So this is like 2021 research. So the Pew Research Center released the results of a study indicating that the percentage of white adults identifying as evangelical or born again grew between 2016 and 2020. And that growth was concentrated amongst Trump supporters. 
So the article or the peer research study specifically says, so contrary to what may what some may have expected, a new analysis of Pew Research Center survey data finds that there has been no large scale departure from evangelicalism among white Americans. In fact, there is solid evidence that white Americans who viewed Trump favorably and did not identify as evangelicals in 2016 were much more likely than white Trump skeptics to begin identifying as born again or evangelical Protestants by 2020. And then it goes on. Additionally, the surveys do not clearly show that white evangelicals who opposed Trump were significantly more likely than Trump supporters to drop the evangelical label. The data shows that Trump's electoral performance among white evangelicals was even stronger in 2020 than in 2016, partially due to the increased support among white voters who described themselves as evangelicals throughout this period. So folks who had never like identified as evangelicals before decided like, yep, happened on this bandwagon. Um, so the percentage of white Americans identifying as evangelical grew from 25 to 29 percent between 2016 and 2020, powered mainly by the fact that 16 percent of Trump supporters who didn't identify as evangelical in 2016 started considering themselves evangelical by 2020. Yes, yes. I'm raising my hand. Yes. Do, <laughs> do they even know what it means? Like, yeah. I feel like the research is like, you can say all this and it sounds great. Yes, it grew. But like, clearly, like the definition of evangelical Christians are is so broad that how do we even measure whether or not they understood what they are supporting? That's the point. That is the whole point of this. It's like people like identify with this label, not because they understand you know, the Bible or even the fact that evangelical means good news. They identify <laughs> with evangelicalism because of, of who is identifying yes. with it. Yes. The person. Yeah. So that's, that is the bottom line. <laughs> that's the bottom uh, line of that. The people. Yeah. Um, so David French goes on to say, what seems to be happening at scale isn't so much the growth of white evangelicalism as a religious movement, but rather the near culmination of the decades long transformation of white evangelicalism from a mainly religious movement into a Republican political cause. So yeah, it's losing, the word evangelical is losing its religious connotation and now basically has a, predominantly political connotation i'd agree um, and then he talks this which is really interesting to me so he bases this on the metric of church attendance so an increasing number of self-described evangelicals go to church rarely or not at all <laughs> <laughs> which i was like what what is happening here um so messy america messy america <laughs> <laughs> so in 2008, among self-identified evangelicals, 16.1% reported never or seldom attending with 58.6% reporting weekly or more attendance. And then in 2020, 26.7% reported never or seldom attending and 49.9% reported attending weekly or more. So that's from 2008 to 2020, the percentage points of people never or seldom attending increased 10 points and the percentage of people attending weekly or more decreased 11 points. And these are all people who identify as evangelical. 
So there's more evangelicals, but less going to church. Now, even less going to church. Yes. What yes. I'm sorry, what year did you say this all was? 2016 to 2020? So that's when the the increase, like the dramatic increase in yeah. white evangelicals happened. But the stats that I just stated were from 2008 and then oh. again in 2020. So I feel like maybe 2020 should not. That's isn't fair. A, isn't a fair statistic. That's why I was like, I wasn't sure how far out you went. Um, but to but going back to 2008 where there wasn't that huge um, increase. I, I would like, I'm curious to see what it would be like from 2016 to 2019, mm-hmm. like the, the church attendance then. Yeah. But, um, cause somebody was going to church in 2020. That's fair. A lot That's of, fair. I mean, a lot, most people. There you go. To church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and then non-church attending evangelicals are heavily weighted towards Republicans. So uh, there's a chart in the article. So among Protestant Republicans, about two thirds of those who attend church once a year identify as evangelical. You don't got to be present to be evangelical now. I mean, (laughs) so there's that, but it's like, do you even know? Like, again, do you know what the term is? So I think there's a difference, like folks like us who have attended church and now are kind of like rethinking, like based on you know, really big things that have happened versus like, this has always been you just not going to church and not seeing that is an important thing to do at all, you know? Yeah. Um, And then on the converse, among Protestant Democrats, among two thirds of those who attend church more than once a week identify as evangelical. So it's like the spectrum is just very wide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all over the place yeah that sounds a mess yeah and so david french identified three buckets of evangelicals based on kind of what he's seeing so there's the people who self-describe as evangelicals of any race or ethnicity so racially diverse and also politically and denominationally diverse so they share this evangelical label but don't necessarily share either a political or theological worldview so that's one bucket Then there's the self-identified white evangelicals who are the core constituency of the Republican Party. And so this group that's kind of all over the place in terms of denomination, but ideologically uniform. And without them, the GOP would pretty much not exist. Mm. And then a much smaller group of evangelicals to Americans who are theologically evangelical and really hold to that the Bebbington quadrilateral they would kind of fit into that really small six percent that would fit that group um and aren't really don't really have political power because they don't really align themselves with the politicians so those are the kind of the three buckets he describes and so he says that kind of grouping it that way can explain why when you do have evangelical political action it can be really cruel and oftentimes that we've seen very disconnected from like the principles of Jesus in the Bible is because a lot of self-described evangelicals don't know the Bible 
Right. <laughs> I mean, clearly they're not going to church. <laughs> yeah. And, but the, the thing is, and it goes to your point, you cannot go to church and, and still know the Bible, yeah. but it's clear that not, neither one is happening. It's like people that aren't going to church and also aren't reading the Bible at home. It's people that say two Corinthians in speeches. <laughs> uh, no shade. <laughs> it's those type of people. Mm, that's great. Um, a little bit of shade. Yeah. All the shade. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. Two Corinthians walked into a bar. Um, so continue on with that joke. So yeah. And it's interesting. So like he referenced like some people like referencing, you know, different scriptures. So um Christian leader Beth Moore talked about um someone quoting like philippians 2 1 through 18 and then getting called a liberal because people just don't know what's actually in the bible <laughs> and yes it mm-hmm. talks about like loving your neighbor and giving to the poor and all these things that you all would call socialism like those things are actually in the bible right and you just don't know do you think um like politicians could be um trying to be evangelical to ch- to and maybe this is a stretch, but like you do have like religious people who are going to align themselves just because you quote something from the scripture, right? Yes. Like in politics. Do you think that in a way they're pulling on those people's like heartstrings a little Absolutely. bit? Okay. I thought that too, but I'm almost like, you know, you clearly you don't know the word, you're not going to church. Um, and but you're pushing some agenda to try to get people to like you. So well, yes. I mean, that's like why every president, you know, goes to has a church home assigned because it makes people feel comfortable and it makes it appeals to their base. Mm-hmm. So, you know, most I mean, the presidents that we've had thus far, but all of, we already just talked about how all of them have been Christian, some form yeah. of Christian mm-hmm. and um I'm sure there's been talks about for every one of them. I think they all had to decide where their home church was going to be during their presidency. That's why political candidates go to churches mm-hmm. um, to, to um, you know, what is it called? Campaign. It's because it appeals to people, something that's very core to people's beliefs and, and uh, cultures. Yep. Or I guess yeah. their their customary how they're gonna make their decisions. Yeah. Yes. So to kind of now that we have, you know, a smattering of information, uh, it's another fun word, smattering. <laughs> that is a good um, word. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself an evangelical? Why or why not? So I was taking some of these. I'm trying to take this survey right here real quick, but this uh, Barna. Mm-hmm. And do I have to get nine out of nine? Oh, I don't know. I was, yeah, when you were, when you were listing the nine things, I mean, I, I'm just not a black and white person. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, do I, did I agree with some of them? Absolutely. Most, of, actually, maybe all of them, but I'm also very open and accepting of other people's views so I don't think that my 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 beliefs are the only ones you know what I mean like I'm not like I'm just not hardcore I feel like I don't I I, like I feel like you know like you can't you like there it's mean girls like you can't sit with us if you don't believe Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. you know I I in my mind I'm like yeah I I agree with all those things but I also feel like 
you know, you have the freedom to choose. And maybe if you're not there right now, you'll get there. And Mm -hmm. maybe I might not agree with this today. Yeah. There's things in the Bible, like things in the gospel that I, I don't understand. And so like, I can't take it for, you know, I feel like it's, I feel like, you know, God wants us to question and mm-hmm. to learn and evangelicals don't come across that way to me after everything that you've said. I feel like there's no room for questioning. You believe this, this is the way it is. And if you don't like it, then you, then you're not one of us. Agreed. Oh. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I can't, she said it. I feel that. Yeah. So does that mean you do not consider yourself an evangelical? No, no. no. I mean, I I believe in, I love the good news now and I love me some gospel, but I am not the, I'm going back to the four concepts, the four main qualities by Bebbington, the, Mm -hmm. the, the Mm -hmm. quadrilateral. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) The (laughs) geometry class uh, situation, the, the biggest thing for me was the um i think it's the i guess the four things they make sense Mm -hmm. inherently i think it's the way that they are then walked out that's fair and i think that's the issue so Mm -hmm. like i believe these four things but the way it's done by so quote-unquote evangelicals is not how i overall think it should be Mm -hmm. done so concept conceptually yes practically no does that make sense yeah it's a really good way to put it yeah the view yeah Woo. Well, this (laughs) was enlightening. (laughs) (laughs) So many fun facts. A lot of fun facts. This is really cool. Uh, I enjoy doing this. I feel like my episodes always end up feeling like um, a webinar. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a good teacher. (laughs) You're a good teacher. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. You find you you find literally every article, and I'm like, how does Erica <laughs> find this? Like, how does I'm she her, her, her Google skills are amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Top like, notch. Oh, I was listening to a podcast, and they said this article, so I went and found the article right. and read it. I'm like, you read it? And like, when? Yeah. Who has time? Also, when does she have time to listen to these podcasts to then go find an article? We don't know, but she does it. She's amazing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I do these things. I'm time, to pull, pull you know, right. <laughs> time works differently in the TVA, you know, and I feel like that's, <laughs> oh my gosh, is. you did not, that's a- <laughs> we could not leave this episode without a Marvel, some type of Marvel reference. There we go. Woo. You're welcome Disney plus. We can't wait to get our check. Right. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Church Days. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Church Days. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought of the, about the episode. Do you identify as an evangelical? Let us know. You can also share, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Special shout out to Caroline, our intern extraordinaire and production assistant, and we will catch y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.